Hey there, welcome to the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline. I am the founder of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives to see what makes them tick and see how they got where they are today. So sit back, relax. I look forward to sharing their journey with you. Right. So today I got with me Carlos Ortega. Carlos, how, does I, how do I say your last name? Elizalde. Elizalde is how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah. Even in Spanish, even here in Mexico, most people pronounce my, my last name. So uh, <laughs> there's a problem with that. <laughs> okay, because in my, in my sheet it said Carlos Ortega. So somebody was like, ah, screw the last name. Ortega. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, for those of you guys who are here with me live, we're going to open up Q&A um, towards the end, but feel free to be posting questions through in the chat as you uh, as you have them. And uh, David, I see you are over there in uh, the live broadcast, So, and Adam's over there too. Okay, great. All right, so let's start. Carlos, Just um, I was amazed by your work. I love it. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you. And uh, stylized at this level, this is something that I think is incredibly important for a lot of a lot of people that go to school at GAI, a lot of the artists love this. And so uh, my hope today is that we learn a, a bit about process and, and a bit about how you think. But if you don't mind, I'd love to start with, like, let's just talk about your education. You know, okay. did you go to school? Uh, you, are you self-taught? How'd you pick all this up? I, I went to the graphic design school, but I usually, everything related to computer graphics and art by itself has been self-taught, uh, just uh, browsing uh, through books, through internet, and watching a lot of movies, a lot mm-hmm. of, of art every time I can. But yes, because in graphic design, I just specialized in creating websites. So <laughs> my, my passion was to create logos and things like that. So yeah, this was just a hobby at that time. Okay. So yes, my education is just a graphic designer. Okay. So graphic designer. Really, really, yes. And I'm really obsolete when it comes to graphic design now. It's been some time. Yes. Yeah. Got it. Uh, all right. So how did you transition from making this a hobby? Because there's a there's plenty of people I work with every day that graphic design is what they is how they get paid, or it could be programming. How'd you transition from a hobby to a job? And specifically what I'm wondering is what are these educational steps that you took? What are the steps that you took in your work? I think it all started since I was a kid because I just, as everybody else, mm-hmm. just started uh, drawing and watching a lot of animated films and movies. I didn't have a lot of channels on the TVs, so I used my, my, my free time to browse through my parents' uh, books. Mm-hmm. So just watching a lot of art cartoons and I started uh, just drawing. Yeah. But I kept drawing. I used to sculpting clay and plasticine and since I was a kid. So all this was just a hobby, just to see the things that I had in, in my head uh, realized in, in some medium. Mm-hmm. But my passion since I was a kid, I, w- I wanted to be a paleontologist. <laughs> so I prepared myself to be a geologist. Uh, to be an archaeologist? A uh, paleontologist. Yes. Okay. And, All right. But a teacher, I, I remember 
he recommended me to study graphic design because he told me that geology wasn't actually a really well-paid job. Mm -hmm. So he recommended me. He told me, you have really nice drawings. You should try graphic design. Okay. And I thought that graphic design was only related to drawing. And well, that's, <laughs> that's not true. So even with that, I enjoyed the career a lot. Yeah. A lot of, of friends. Uh, I learned a lot of things. Yeah. And but at the same time, I kept drawing characters or painting with my poor skills yeah. in my free time. My passion was just creating uh, websites and logos at that time. Mm. And I discovered uh, the 3D, the 3D software. Yep. And I started to to moving as uh, cubes, spheres to create things at mm -hmm. that time. And I realized that that was a really powerful medium. I tried it since I was young, pencils, watercolors, charcoal, oils, things like that. So this was a whole new medium. And I was really inspired since I was a kid when I watched Jurassic Park. Because that was the perfect marriage of the things that I liked. That was dinosaurs, my passion for paleontology, and art, and animation. So that was like... Uh, Trying a little bit of both of those things, trying to, to use uh, this new medium of pretty great things. Mm -hmm. And I started to learning just reading the help and documents included in the software. And lately, uh, tutorials in internet, forums. I learned a lot with the feedback from people in 3D Total, CG Society, things like that. And I went slowly learning all that thing, that those things. And at some point, I received my first freelance offer. And at that time, I was just working as a motion graphic designer in university where I studied. And all this was just a hobby. Okay. And through those forums, CG Society, 3 Total, I got in touch with the people who offered me the first freelance jobs. And was very gradual thing because I don't know at, at which point I decided to quit everything because the work I had, I, it wasn't really fulfilling. I used to do a lot of boring graphic design for documentaries. And I used to be a cameraman. Things that I really didn't enjoy. And in my free time, I used to do all of this. It really was fulfilling my free time. Right. So, yes, it was, uh, I don't know, it took a few years to realize that I went to leave from keep creating these things and mm -hmm. make it a full-time job. So, yes. <laughs> all right. So... You're in the graphic design, you're working, you're doing that job. You pick up 3D, you start doing your tutorials. Why don't we start yeah. with the end? What do you do today? What are you doing now in your career? A lot of character creation for animation. Yep. And especially cartoon characters. Okay. <laughs> As you Free can see in my portfolio, yes. Yeah, freelance or do you work for somebody else? Freelance. I just started freelancing again. I was uh, working in a studio in South America yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. And... At uh, the end of the last year, I came back to my hometown, and now I'm a freelancer again. Oh, that's great. So what was your first break that got you your first job or your first job offer, your first freelance gig? What was the first break in your career? It was a character, a girl character, that I did just for the sake of learning the pipeline, mm -hmm. the process that involved all these 3D graphics. Yep. And I started learning a little bit of modeling, a little bit of texturing and lighting. Yeah. And it was so because, first of all, I wanted to create or tell a story. 
Okay. And second, I wanted to present the story in a really nice technical way. Mm -hmm. And I started learning aspects of art and technical aspects, such as composition, color, values, things like that. And at the same time, the technical part of it was lighting, rendering, modeling. Yeah. And is, is there, sorry to interrupt, is there a character though? Which character or piece? Oh, you're looking at my screen right now. I'm kind of scrolling through yes, your work. It's all the way down. It's uh, a girl with uh, red hair. Lost pal? Yeah, yes, that's the one. That's the one. 2007. Yes. And that was done in a software called Karada. Yeah, I know the software. Awesome. So you did this, you're learning, you're picking up. This is like even before ZBrush. Uh, mm -hmm. days. And what happened when you did this? What was it? Did it get you a freelance gig or? I started posting this work in some forums. I just wanted uh, feedback. The plan wasn't to show it to the world like, hey, look at me. I did yeah. this. I wanted to, hey, I did this, what is wrong, what, is, what works, and please give me feedback. Mm -hmm. And I received a mail from 3D World that yeah. they wanted to publish the image. And they published the image as much of the month that year. Yeah, I can't remember the month. And after that, I got a contact from students that just wanted to buy the illustration. Okay. That wasn't really a freelance jobs. After this, I didn't have a freelance job. This was just a thing that made me realize that I was doing something right, mm -hmm. that I was learning something that, yeah, for the, <laughs> the sleepless nights, the practices uh, were working. Because yeah. I got a really nice feedback from people. A magazine wanted to publish my image. So I thought to myself, well, this is nice. I think I, I need to keep learning. I need to keep uh, going this way. Mm -hmm. And all these characters that are on, on screen uh, in the home the, were just practices in forums, mini challenge between artists and things like that. Mm -hmm. The first, all of those are personal work. I did some girls that I, when some color backgrounds, mm -hmm. those were the ones that gave me my first uh, freelance job with a studio in California. Okay. Yes, because they told us and they told me, hey, I, we need something like this for a commercial. Mm -hmm. And I got in touch with them. I didn't even have an idea how, how much will be charged for a work like this. Yep. And I did the character. They really liked it. The, the character. I didn't have any changes. It was really straightforward, the, the work. They did the, the commercial. They did the, the app. And they paid me, and I was, but back then I just realized that I could do that for a job, for a living, mm -hmm. instead of being a, a cameraman for, <laughs> for the school. Right. So, yes, it all started there. Okay, so this is 2013, and these characters are a continuation, the Tangerian Sea and the Black Wires, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, so now as we progress... Here, this 2013, still a real compelling image. I actually remember seeing this back then. It was a long, long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. Okay. So in terms of the work, so let's zoom forward because this is, wow, this is 2013. Okay, I remember seeing these pieces, 2014. Let's look at these. 
real quick. I'm going to do quick, uh, just a quick walkthrough on some of this work. And then, uh, and then I want to start to ask some detailed questions. I see some drawing happening in here. Yeah, I'm um, some of them, yes. Yeah. You don't sound that, um, <laughs> sound that happy. Yeah. <laughs> now we have to look at your work actually. Now that, not, not that we sense to the emotion behind it. There's something there for us. So tell me, if you don't mind me probing a little bit here, what's your relationship with drawing? I love drawing, but the bad thing is since I started working with a computer, I became a really lazy to mm -hmm. drawing. Mm -hmm. I still do it, but I remember I used to fill all my notebooks with a lot of drawings sketchbooks, even if I didn't have a notebook at hand, I used mm -hmm. to make drawings in paper and napkins, things like that. And I no longer do that. So I have all this aspect of drawing really abandoned for the last years. Mm -hmm. And I really feel that my skills in drawing hasn't been, I haven't improved in drawing in the last years. I think I, I feel like I still draw like I draw I, I used to draw, uh, I don't know, three years ago, four years yep. ago. I understand that. So I think it's the lack of practice that makes me really embarrassed when, I, when it comes to drawing. Yep. For example, I really can't draw in public. I really can't show a, a notebook to another people that draws better than me, for example. Yep. So, yes, I have that aspect that I really abandoned right now. Okay. All right. And I get that, you know, because um, you're not being challenged as much, you know, which is yes. one of the keys because the people that are here watching this, some of them are boot campers, some of them are in classes. And, you know, we all know that at the end of the day, it all comes down to how we're challenging ourselves, which is really like, what commitments are we making to ourselves? So, yeah, you know, I don't feel that bad for you because at the end of the day, if the thing I'm looking at here on the screen, you know, your nightlife image, that's... <laughs> We know where your commitment's going. So in terms of stylized work, your work's grown a lot visually. Anybody can kind of see it. But in your minds, how do you see your work having grown? Well, that's hard because I still haven't seen a piece that fulfills me at 100% in my work. Yeah. I mean, I have some idea. I do the, the image, the sculptor, the, the model, I, I don't know. But in the process, I always find something that could have been better or a process that I did wrong at some point. Mm -hmm. And I can see an image fulfill me 100%, but it's a motiv motivation to, to say, well, in the next one, I'm going to fix or I'm going to avoid all those problems or errors that I had at that point. Yeah. Yep. So it's not that I hate the work that I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't <laughs> show it on the internet. Mm -hmm. But I always feel that it's motivation to, to do it better in the next piece, for example. Yeah, I get that. And, you know, but what's working, you know, because I think it's really important for, number one, I think it's important for people that are watching this or listening to this. You are never satisfied. You're never satisfied. This, some people might look at this and be like, this is freaking amazing. And yet, you know, you're not satisfied. But uh, can you see my screen okay? Yes. So what are some of the things that you think are really working with this picture of Zanya? In terms of 
technical aspects? Or? Yeah, I'm searching for a vocabulary here. I'm a big believer in developing a language of progress and a language for our art. And so, for example, I just had this artist, this character artist from Overwatch, Leticia Gillette, here. And we were talking about the language of stylized form and how you have to create what she calls sharps. And a large part of this is composing soft edges and hard edges. Yeah. So what I'm really wondering is, like, what makes a successful character piece in your eyes? What are some of the things that you look for in other people's work that says it's successful? I think it has always been the feel, the connection that you make with the, the character, even, even if it's a, a monster, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, what makes it really successful for me, because I see a lot of work, for example, in, in our station, really detailed work, really technically awesome work. But there are some pieces where I just keep scrolling and I just say, oh, that looks nice, and I keep scrolling. And sometimes I, I just see sketches, really rough sketches, with such uh, appealing characters that make that connection that makes you like say, hey, I want to meet that guy, or that guy looks fun, or that, looks, uh, that guy looks um, sad. I, I don't know. That you can see that it's alive, the, the character, in, yeah. in terms of kind of appealing. And in terms of technical aspects, for example, I learned a lot of anatomy, for example, in the last years. Mm-hmm. And I think just like every other aspect, it's really good to, to understand all the, the information to be able to synthesize it. Mm-hmm. For example, in a cartoon character, because many people use, I've heard uh, new artists, for example, that they say, well, I, I just want to do cartoon characters. I just don't feel like life drawing or learn anatomy or things like that. But learning anatomy helped me a lot. Yeah. Because gathering, gathering all this information on how the, the human body or any other uh, animal body works it's important to condense all this information and grab those little little aspects that make a character or to show you with little information, all those aspects. All that information that you gather from anatomy, just synthesize it in and with the least possible shapes mm-hmm. to create uh, a character. I, I don't know. I lost myself too. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when you're working on a piece, walk me through some of your process. What's some of the ways in which you develop a piece? Uh, sometimes I just dive directly into zebras or Maya mm-hmm. and start sculpting or modeling. Sometimes I just do a little sketch okay. in Photoshop or paper, pencil or paper. Mm-hmm. And because sometimes I, I had this, this idea and I got a lot of uh, inspiration and motivation from music, for example. So sometimes just listening to music, you start to get in your head a lot of color or, or shapes that inspired you to create a piece, for example. And I start from there. And I start just modeling really rough and doing paint overs in mm-hmm. Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And going back to the 3D, keep refining, going back to Photoshop, make some more paint overs. Okay. Sometimes I even, when it comes to personal work, for example, I just let the, the piece rest a day, for example, 
I come back to see the piece again and start to notice those things that don't work, those things that could work better and start refining again. And for personal work, is sometimes it's really slow because I just start working on something really hard all, all night and doing a lot of detailing and modeling and paintovers. And suddenly I just abandon the work and start to resuming the work, I don't know, two, three months later. And sometimes I, I've done pieces, for example, in two days. And I've done pieces that I just keep refining for, for a whole year. And it depends on motivation and, and the inspirations that I... This piece, for example, the girl with the dinosaur, I mean, this was from last year, but I was never fully convinced to, to show it. So I just did some refining on the, the render that I had mm -hmm. and uploaded to my portfolio. Got it. All right. So what is it that you think is really successful about this piece? Like, what is it that you really like? I really like the connection between the, the two characters. That mm -hmm. was the, the first thing that I wanted to convey with this, with this piece. Okay. The origin of this, because this is the part two of this uh, short story. Mm -hmm. The origin of this was the dinosaur is younger, is smaller. And... That image, I, I remember doing that in a couple of days because I had this idea and this story that covered these things that I really love that are dinosaurs, that are coffee, mm -hmm. coal, and pinups, for example, and, and fashion and things like that. And I did the, the piece, The Girl with the Dinosaur, that was a short story to, to show this bond between the, these two characters. Great. So... That was the, the primary aspect that I wanted to convey with this with this piece, other than the technical aspects as, as modeling or sculpting or, or things like that. Okay, got it. All right, so let me open this up to those of you who are watching here. We have an opportunity because we're actually showing my screen. And um, yes. so I have access to a whole bunch of stuff. But who wants to get a chance to uh, get Carlos's perspective on your work? shoot me a direct link to the art station or to the artist awake photo. And um, before I just turn you off over there, let me just get a quick yes, no from everybody who wants to have their work reviewed. Matthew does Neptune. Okay. Who else wants to have their work reviewed? Adam. All right. Keep going. Keep going. I need two more responses from you guys. And then I'll feel like I got a good sample and give me the yes, no, yes, no. It's interactive. You guys know the drill here. I need a response. So if the answer is no, just say no. Thanks, Gregory. Hugo. Joe, I don't have a response from. Kyle, I don't have a response from. Santi, I got a response from. Lance. No, I'm just asking if you got something you want to show. If you don't, no worries. Okay. All right, guys, get me the links ASAP. So, Carlos, talk to me about how you start these figures. Do you start them with Z-spheres? Do you start them with base meshes? What do you, how do you start? For these two characters, for example, the, the girl is just done in Maya, just traditional uh, poly modeling. Mm -hmm. And the dinosaur is done in ZBrush with uh, Dynamesh, just uh, starting from a sphere. Mm -hmm. And... 
just sculpting. The final texturing, I did it in Modbox. Okay. The base mesh and the, the first pass of detailing uh -huh. was done in ZBrush. Yes. All right. And so you do uh, DynaMesh base, and then the uh, main character here is probably some base mesh that you have in Maya, right? Yes. Where do you do the posing? In Maya. Okay, so uh, I, of both the dinosaur and the girl? Yes. Okay, so you full-on create rigs for these then, right? Uh, yes. As Depending on, on the work, I have some really uh, elaborate uh, rigs. I'm not a rigger. Mm -hmm. But, for example, this character has a rig that I uploaded. Yep. And sometimes I just do the a joint chain just for a basic posing. Yeah. So if you guys want his <laughs> rig, there you go. And, uh, okay, so simple character can... Uh, oh, there you go. There's your controls. Okay, good deal. All right, there's your topology too. So I'm going to pause there for a second. All right, so base mesh... Then DynaMesh, you do some texturing in ZBrush, you do posing outside of ZBrush, uh, and then where do you do your texturing? Uh, sometimes I do the base texturing with polypanning in ZBrush, mm -hmm. and keep refining the texture in Modbox. Okay. And sometimes I do a final pass in Photoshop, for example. Yeah. And that's my, my main uh, workflow for texturing. But lately I've been using Substance mm -hmm. Painter. Yeah. Start this year, so I, I'm really enjoying the, the okay. learning. But yeah, it's mostly ZBrush, uh, Modbox, and Photoshop. Uh, it's still work. Okay, great. And then, uh, what about the hair? The hair, the hair. I have never had a, a really fixed workflow for hair. Most of my first characters just use uh, texture uh, planes mm -hmm. and texture uh, cubes for hair. After that, I started using paint effects from Maya and Curves. Then I started using, I've been using uh, Ornatrix lately. And, and for other characters, I've used just sculpted mesh, for example. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the character. Lately, most of my characters in the work I've done use uh, Ornatrix or Maya. This, for example, all the hair, uh, the feathers, the fur, is done in Ornatrix. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I've been using it for, I think, almost a year since it beta version for Maya. Awesome. Okay. Adam, does that answer your question? And so all of this hair is done in Ornatrix? Uh, yes. Okay, great. All right. How about I get your eyes on some work? You up for doing a little review? Yes, <laughs> I think so. Okay. So we're looking at Adam's work here. And uh, just start with telling me what you think is really working in this piece. And then we'll look and see what's not working. And one of the important things for me is I believe in these, this idea of triggers. There are certain things that trigger somebody to say they can do the job and not do the job. So what I'm really looking for is, what are the things that you think are working here that will tell somebody that he can do the job? I think uh, it works a lot of the expression of the character. Mm -hmm. At first glance, to be honest, it doesn't have a really photorealistic lighting. It mm -hmm. doesn't have the best lighting, but the character works. Okay. And 
really have uh, that expression because you can tell a lot from from that guy from from just the uh, expression. So I think at first glance, that's what works for me. Okay, so the, what works first glance is the expression. You got a lot of dynamic qualities to it. Now, what's the thing that's not working? You already said not the lighting. Yes, the lighting could be a, a lot better. Yeah. Okay, and so I see I mean, a whole, this is a whole realistic light setup. So how do you go about developing a light setup? Are you in Marmoset? Are you in Maya? Or how do you set up lights? Uh, I use uh, Arnold and I use a plugin called uh, Fury Ball. And it all comes with... Uh, to to develop a, a light rig, for example, uh, the mood that I want to, to convey uh, mm -hmm. with the image. And it all comes to, I used to, to watch a lot of, of paintings, and the light on, on paintings is something that I really, really like to, to, to observe. And I'm not far from, from, from being that good, actually. But I really love how to to define or, or sculpt the character with lights, for example. Yeah. Yep. Because it's not, I mean, as a modeler, everyone uses the three-point uh, light rig. Totally. Which is, it's the, the, the quick way to, to get away with, with lighting a character, and it works. But I think that's the easy way. I usually like to start sculpting the characters and the shapes with lights. Mm -hmm. Inside Maya, for example, sometimes I do a little quick setup in ZBrush, and other times I just paint Photoshop some uh, quick light values, yeah, and light colors just to see if it's gonna work or or not. Even the viewport 2.0 from Maya works to, to drop some quick lighting. Okay. All right. Great. Okay, so lighting for you is something, Adam. Is there anything else in terms of the character, the form that you think that kind of signifies somebody not quite ready? Sorry, not quite ready. Well, I think oh, it's a real-time character. I mean, the first thing uh, that I that I see the was the, the lighting. Other than that, I think the the shapes, the, the balance between forms, I, I think works really good okay great well if that's that then that's that okay so we'll move and uh, let's check out neptune so yes go ahead let's look neptune you can give me a specific one so let's look at what's the most recent let's look at this one because i want to go with the most recent that was three months ago all right tell me something that's working in this piece and then one thing that you think needs to change First, for example, in this character, the first thing that I perceived was what wasn't working, that I think it's, uh, I think they have to use a lot of uh, refinement. Not a lot, but some tweaks here and there just to make it more appealing. And mm -hmm. I, the bad thing with giving sometimes feedback is that you usually just throw comments of the things that you like, but maybe not what the person likes. For example, uh, there are some proportions here that I will do different. Yeah, like what? Which ones? 
for example, the head for my taste is a little bit larger because the proportions in the body are not that exaggerated. So the head for me looks a little bigger for the for this character. Okay. Yeah, so uh, what a little big work on the proportions is something that you could change. But what is it that you think is really working? You, I think you said some of the definition of some of the form is really good. Did I hear that correct? Yes. Okay, so definition of the form is in the hard edges that's working. What's not working is proportions. Yes. Okay. And I might throw in pose because most of the time these things in pose. Yeah. So most characters, if you put them in a T pose, they look a little funky. Yes. Okay, great. That works for me. So then let's go through the rest and see. So here is Roberto. And uh, oh, man. It's looking awesome. Let's put that oh, nice. a year ago. Let's take a look at this one. So what do you think is working in this? The sculpting. I think it's really nice. Okay. I like it. Uh, the the pose, I think, not the pose itself, but the angle that for the camera, because just watching a, at a thumbnail, you, you just see the a stump mm -hmm. uh, in his arm. You you can see a, a whole arm. You just see a stump. Yeah. So I think that the pose will be uh, uh, refined just to show a better silhouette. Yeah. Because yeah, you you have the the most important part from Wolverine. You have lost that part this image for example got it that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah all right great and then uh let's take a look at jason so and in jason's piece how far back do i want to go okay so let's talk about this and let's get ahead a sense of the whole thing yeah oh, that's what, nice what do you think's working here something that is really working in his favor uh, the detailing, I think it's not too much. It's just the detail that it, I think all the detail is focused on the, the garment mm -hmm. other than the, the weapon or the or the character itself. Right. So, yes, I think that works. Okay. Uh, and then something I, that's I, not I, working? Well, uh, I think it's more in terms of presentation. Mm -hmm. I usually not not really fan of <laughs> huge uh, watermarks, and as you said, just uh, just a straight balls. Okay, um, really not really really big fan. Yeah, and but that's really personal taste, actually. Okay, got it. All right. So, any questions, Jason? Shout them out, and then I'm going to get over to Matthew because I'm we're hitting up against our one hour mark. So. Matthew, was there something specific that you wanted him to see? Because if I go through your through this one, there's a ton. Okay. So that was a while ago. And Matthew, where is our latest? Okay, so you're in the Career Accelerator in January. You just finished that up with Alejandro, I think, right? All right, let's try with the this okay all right uh, is this one a good one matthew blocking out my new character does this work matthew just give me a yes no all right so carlos what do you think is working here and what do you think is not 
I think that the whole character works. She has a, a nice silhouette. She has really nice color palette. Mm -hmm. You can see all the, the shapes really separated. Yeah. I really love this kind of characters because you can see all the the main shapes grouped in yeah. a really balanced way. So I think that really works for me. I don't know if this is original concept or a personal concept or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. But I think the design is what works for me. And technically, it's a real-time character. The presentation will be better, but it works for me. It's a really nice job. Okay, cool. So presentation could be better. That's one thing that doesn't necessarily work. Yeah, and I'd agree because for me, it's just like a lot of orange and green. Yeah. Because it's like the front and the back are right there. So there could be some better presentation in terms of that. And yes, then, with lighting, you can separate all those shapes that, that you can see. If you see this in a thumbnail, you can separate the, it's, uh, it's a big jar from the arm. I don't yeah. know what, what it is. Yeah, I think this is interesting for you to say this because if I'm looking at your work, you know, you have, and this is something that a lot of us aspire to because, um, there's also Blair Armitage, right? So if we look at Blair Armitage, um, who's come in and done a chat with us, stylized work, the rendering is realistic. Mm, yes. You know, just like yours. So in your work, this has this nice realistic aspect to it. And what we're seeing here is, is real time, basically a simple light. Yes. All right, that's a really great point for us to bring up. All right, so let me do this, guys. We're running out on time. Any last questions that you've got for Carlos while we've got him? And I'll ask, what's one of the most important things in your mind for a successful character? Like, what is the one or two things that you look at that you're like, that's a successful character piece? Successful character piece? That, that you feel that the character is alive. And it's a lot of aspect because sometimes even the the direction of the eyes, it's it's enough to make the, the character feel alive. Sometimes a little tilt in the head is it's enough to, to pose the, the character. I've seen a lot of awesome characters, even cartoon characters, done realistically and photorealistically and technically really, really beautiful, but it all crumbles down with a lack of a dynamic pose uh, of even the, the slightest expression in, in the head that makes a, a connection with with the viewer. It's, I think it's enough to make a, a successful uh, character. Yeah, I got it. Now, for me, a lot of that's like in the eyes because it seems like everything yes. that you do, there's, there's a couple of areas that are always developed. The eyes are always developed, the nose and the lips, always. <laughs> And we see like a really good crystal clean deformation of that eyelid, a nice clean line that separates that. And then the nose, simple, but you have very clean planes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is that something that you think is really important for people to have successful pieces is to have really very clean structure in their work? I think it's not the most important, but what it helps because... As I was saying, uh, there's, um, I mean, for for presentation, I really, personally, even the characters that I've done as a freelance that I just do a, a T-pose, 
Yeah. I just like to build a quick rig just to give this small amount of life to the character to present it to the people. I really don't like to to post uh, to post characters. Yeah, and I think that that's enough to show to the world. Look, this works. This uh, can be alive. So I'm saying just the slightest slightest uh, tilt on the head, direction on the eyes. You can see that in people. Even the people with a really resting face, you mm -hmm. can see. You can notice when the, the people is happy, even if if they are not smiling, for example. And I, I really, really subtle changes in the face, and that subtle changes in the human face, it's one of the things that has been hard for me to translate into a yeah. character. Yeah, and I'm still learning, and I I'm really glad that. Uh, some pieces, as you mentioned, are successful in these aspects. But it's something that I keep learning. I keep uh, putting all on, on practice. Yeah. So I think it's really important. Okay, great. And I think one of the things that you said that, that really struck me was it's not about big movements. It's sometimes just a simple tilt of the face. Yes. You know, they can make a difference. And we might overthink what it means to put a dram dramatic scene together, so to speak. Yeah, and I see this in, for example, photorealistic uh, portraits that yeah. I've seen in in our station and things like that. There's always this presentation from like a, a passport uh, yeah. photograph, mm -hmm. which really straight looking directly to, to the camera with no expression. And I think that's one way too. It's really, really a personal feeling to take all this hard job to make a really photorealistic sculpture and just don't give that last 1% to make a really good piece. Yeah. Because just moving the camera slightly, tilting the camera, tilting the face, the mouth, it's enough to breathe a little bit of life into the character. And I, I see that lost in some pieces sometimes in our station. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really admire the people who can do photorealistic characters because it's something that I really don't, I never tried it, but I know it's hard. Yeah. All right, cool. But keep simple. Put yeah. something into it. Something. Carlos, pleasure talking to you, my friend. Thank you for walking us through some of your thinking and uh, for taking a second to look at some of the students' work. And as a reminder, those of you who um, are here in here, live or over there on the studio, always be prepared to show your work and... Hold on one second. I think I might have one more person that was actually not in the live one. So if you don't mind, let me get one more feedback. I just saw yours, Frank, over in the guild, the studio post. Okay. Sorry, Carlos, you got time for one more, one more review? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so you're looking at it right here. Here's Frank's work. So let's start with just one of these pieces, these pieces towards the top. What do you think is really working about the alien gangster? Or if something's drawing you to all of them, but tell me something that you think is really working and not working. The bulky uh, aspect of the, this character, even from the thumbnail, tells uh -huh. uh, a lot from this guy. And I'm not a, not a fan of spread shapes, just cube over cube that you see this character has, but with this one, I, I think it works. It's just the silhouette is really parallel, but it works for the character. 
judging by the thumbnail. Judging by the thumbnail, okay. And what's not working? I'm gonna say that say the again, but uh, this is an aspect of lighting. Lighting. And, I mean, it works, but it could be better because this is like a really common uh, light light setup that I have seen in websites, for example, mm -hmm. which is a front light or a really strong rim light that is like the, the look for the real time character. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if it has a name, but it's uh, really common, and I see this uh, light set up a lot. Yeah, and it works to showcase the character, but it doesn't shows. It doesn't help a lot of the story with the with the image. Okay. But for for showcasing, I think it's it's enough. It works. Great. Okay. Yeah, I saw something with Blair Armitage. Who want, um, there's. Uh, Frank, you can actually check in the guild. You should have access to that. Blair's um, is there. And uh, she shows how she uses like a bounce light, so to speak. It's basically a plane that bounces back to light. Because that's maybe what's missing here is just some sense of light in there. Yeah, you get a lot of dark. Very dark. Those, those deep darks are what makes a character, especially make like a real-time character or a mm -hmm. video game character. Yeah. And... But even with a real-time engine, you can simulate that bounce light, for example. All right, cool. Okay, Carlos, thank you so much. And uh, Frank, I hope that was useful. And uh, don't worry, I think you are fine with the messages. Carlos, you don't have to worry about those. I think we got everything. The only thing left is Gregory was asking, do you plan to animate more of your work? Oh, yes, for sure. I love animation. I'm not an animator, but I would learn every time you can. Yeah, practicing. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, most of the character, the, the characters that I have is uh, really good uh, to use them to practice in some rigging and yep. some animation. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'm, I'll try to keep doing that every time I, I can. Hopefully, hopefully make a short film. <laughs> okay, great. All right, thank you so much. For those of you who are in the next class, the uh, next boot camp, the one that's coming up, it's supposed to start right now. Just uh, click the link. I'll be in there shortly. Those of you who are in the guild and in the studio, thank you guys for joining us here. And make sure you head over to the post in the guild or the studio. I think it's at the studio, actually. Tell me one thing that you learned from this, one thing that you really picked up that you thought helped. And uh, I know what I think I picked up, but I want to hear what you guys thought. And uh, if you want to know more about Carlos, you know where to find him right here, carlosortega3d.com. And uh, you'll be able to check out his Gumroad in there. And then he's over on ArtStation. And uh, Carlos, again, thank you so much for taking the time. No, I think you're in All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. All right. So I want to thank you so much for being here and taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I want to ask a couple of things from you. Number one, make sure you leave a comment or you rate this on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever that you're listening to this. It really makes a big difference in helping us get the word out and to help people understand what we do. The other thing is I want to make sure that you know where to find us. Head over to www.vertexschool.com to learn about all the programs that we have for creatives. Our job at Vertex School is to teach you new skills in creative tech and help you get a job that matters to you. We lock in on the specific skills and triggers that people are looking for in the industry and what you need to do to prove that you can do this job. 
We're taking applications right now, so make sure that you head over to www.vertexschool.com and apply today. All right, again, thank you so much for being here. Have an amazing day.